Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Well, what's up, ACF Church? So fired up to be with you again. And uh, as you know, uh, I've been with you a couple times, and it is my specific call and passion to help you win with money God's way. And this time is no different, and I really feel like I have a special word for you today to really help you advance in your financial journey, because after all, the way that we manage our finances is a direct, uh, it flows from the way that we have a relationship with the Lord. And so I'm so excited to help you with this today. And today I'm titling this message, uh, Move from Blank to Blank. And I had four uh, potential messages that I could use here. And so maybe you could help me uh, title this message. But here's the four different ones. See which one you like best. I want to help you move from struggle to surplus. Uh, that's one of them. Move from struggle to surplus. Has anybody been broke before? Anybody struggled before? I know I have had an average bank balance of $4.13 and I've struggled and we want to move from that to surplus. Or here's another one. Moving from owing to owning. From owing to owning. You know, there's just one letter difference there. You know, there's that N stuck in owning. Uh, but there's a huge difference in how you're able to operate your life. The third one is moving from selfish living to selfless living. Move from selfish to selfless. And the fourth one is to move from greed to generosity. From greed to generosity. So I don't know which one of those is going to work best. Maybe we can work on it together today through the message but I wanted to start with asking this question. Has anyone in the house uh, ever been broke before? I'm not saying, are you broke right now? I'm just saying, has anyone ever been broke before? Well, my hand is up. I see lots of hands up. That's awesome. And, and let me ask you the question. Uh, if given the choice of, and I need some audience participation here. If you're given the choice of having money or having no money, which would you choose? If given the choice of having money or having no money, which would you choose? That's right, having money. I just wanted to make sure that we're on the same page here today. Uh, if you were given the choice of having peace and contentment or stress and anxiety, which would you choose? Well, I, I said it's good to know we're on the same page. Peace and contentment, of course. In fact, maybe we could say that word together right now, that word peace. Let's say it. One, two, three, peace. See, peace is so important, isn't it? And we know that there's so much stress and anxiety in our lives today, and money is one of those great causes of it, but you can truly have peace and contentment with it. If you're given the choice between having zero debt or piles of debt, uh, which would you choose? Well, I thought so. I thought you would choose the zero debt one. And let me give you one more. If you had the choice between being a giver or a taker, which would you choose? And we all know we would like to be a, a giver. We would like to be known as a giver. 
And my goal today is to help you move in your journey, wherever you're at, to where the Lord wants you to be, to where your plans, hopes, and dreams that he's placed in your heart, that, that you are able to accomplish them. Now, it, to move, with this word move matters a lot. And I don't know if anybody's ever moved, but I know so many of us in Eagle River and the Anchorage area, you've moved. M many of us have moved a long, long distance, and you know the difficulties of moving. And I think I added it up that my family has moved eight times. Uh, we've moved across town a couple times, but some of our moves have been hours and days. Uh, we, some of them have been from the far north of the country to the south of the country. Uh, some of you have moved all the way from like Florida or Maryland or New York, and here you are in Alaska, and you've moved a long ways. And there's a lot of difficulty related to moving. Here's what I've learned, that if you're going to move, it takes great effort. You will not wander your way from struggling to surplus. You'll not wander your way from having piles of debt to having zero debt. You will not just accidentally move from being a taker to being a giver. You will not accidentally move from living selfishly to living selflessly. It takes the power of God himself working in us to have that take place. And today our passage of scripture, I'm going to read it and then we're going to break it down to see what we can learn from it as we move from greed to generosity, from, selfless to self, uh, from selfish to selfless, you know, from, from being a taker to being a giver and, and to be able to move from owing to owning. That this passage of scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 14. I'm going to read the NIV version today. And it says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly, help me, will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously, help me, will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Let's pray and ask the Lord to move in each of our hearts and lives today. Lord, I pray right now in this moment, in these few sacred moments that we have together, Lord, will you do the work that only you can do? Root out any seed of greed. God, help us to move from owing to owning. God, help us to move from living a selfish life to one that is poured out for you and selflessly for others. Lord, do the work only you can do. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 is where we're going to start with this passage of Scripture, and I love it so much. It says this, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly, yeah, they'll also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously 
will also reap generously. You know, I like to ask this question. If it's sowing sparingly, will reap sparingly. And sowing generously will reap generously. What happens if you sow nothing? You know, I meet people all over. And as I travel, and obviously I talk about this topic of money and managing money God's way and winning with money God's way. And so many people are, they're believing. They, they say they have faith that God is going to give them an abundance, that they're just going to have an enormous harvest. And one of the things that I ask them is, how much are you investing? And they say, I'm not investing. And, and they have forgotten this core fundamental principle that's taught right here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And here's the core principle. The harvest is proportional to what is sown. The harvest is proportional to what is sown. And if you have sown nothing, if you're investing nothing, hey, I hate to tell you, but you have a better chance of discovering a magical unicorn in your backyard than you do of harvesting anything. You will harvest no thing, nothing. Because the harvest is proportional to what is sown. Now, I really like talking about this sowing and reaping thing. Uh, in fact, as a kid, my mother and father had had four boys. They tried one more time for a daughter, and they had identical twin boys. I'm the baby of those twin boys. By seven minutes, apparently, I was born last. And so at, with six sons, my parents decided the Lord had spoken. If they tried for a daughter again, they'd have triplet boys. So they said, we are done with this. And my dad says he remembers these times he would drive the old 1974 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale land yacht. Anybody remember those? You know, and seat belts. What are those? You know, me and my twin, we got to sit on the hump. Some of you know what the hump is. Some of us got to sit in the back window. And, uh, and, and one of the things my dad remembers is he said he would look in that rear view mirror and he'd see six little sets of eyes at him. He said they were beady little eyes. And he was like, oh, my goodness, how in the world am I ever going to make it? How do I even feed them? And then he had an idea. The light bulb came on, and he said, we're going to grow our food. And so without consulting my schedule, my mother would ruin my life by demanding that we go plant this garden. We planted huge gardens. We had like a half acre of green beans. We had an acre of sweet corn. We planted everything. And we planted it, and then later on, it would grow, much to my dismay, and my mother would ruin my life again by announcing it was green bean picking day. Has anybody ever been blessed with green bean picking day? And so we would go out, and we would pick these green beans, and we would, the only thing that would redeem green bean picking day is that if we did really good, my mom would let us share a 16-ounce glass bottle of Coca-Cola. Woo! I can feel the spirit of the Lord in this place. Anyhow, as I would, as we would can over 200 quarts of green beans a year. And we had green beans, a lot of meals. Like, how do you want your eggs at breakfast? Here's a scoop of green beans. Get fired up. And he, here's the crazy thing. I grew up, you know, I, I don't know, know that it was terribly unenjoyable, but it definitely disrupted my life as a kid. And, and so as an adult, this weird thing happened. I purchased a house, and I found myself out in the yard planting a garden. And I remember as I went and planted this garden, you know, I would go, 
and I would sow seeds. And I have this issue. I, maybe some of you have this issue. Some of you don't have this issue, but this is an issue I have. My issue is if I plant a seed and it sprouts, it makes my heart hurt to have to like kill that plant. Like it's very hard for me to do that. And so if the plants are too close together and you have to thin them out, like that would make my heart hurt. And so I'd plant them really far apart. And then, you know, some of them would sprout, not all of them. And then some of them would get eaten by the deer. Some of them would get eaten. I mean, you probably have a moose eating yours, right? A bear could come in and tear it up. I don't know what's happening. Birds could eat it. You could get a late frost. And, and then I would come around harvest time and I would be so frustrated because I had a limited harvest. And I literally had God drop this verse in my heart one day when I was out there frustrated after the second or third year of this. And literally this verse came to mind that he who sows sparingly will reap. That's right, sparingly. And that's exactly what was happening. So I got over with my feelings of, hey, I don't like this. And so I ended up the next year because I had packets of seed left over. And so the next year I went and I sowed all the seeds. I mean, I sowed it all and a bunch of it sprouted. Not all of it did. Yes, there were birds, there were deer, and I thinned some out. And I'm like, too bad, so sad, go call your dad. You know, I'm pulling them out. And from then on, I've experienced an abundant harvest. That principle is true throughout our lives. And if you want to move from greed to generosity, to move from selfish living to selfless living, if you want to move from owing to owning or move from struggling to surplus, it starts by looking at what we are sowing and how much we are sowing. That's two questions I wanted to ask today, is what are you sowing and how much of it are you sowing? You see, it's an important thing that I've learned. You know, I've never planted a corn seed and expected a green, plant, a green bean. In fact, I brought some seeds with, you, with me today, some pictures of them anyhow, and I want you to take a look at them and kind of guess what we're looking at here, okay? And so, so see if you can guess, and, and a couple of these are going to be hard. For those of you that are gardeners, you're going to like this. Um, so this first seed, take a look at it. What is it? Anybody? Come on. This is audience participation. That's right. It's a green bean seed. And here's the plant. You can see the green bean plant. And, you know, I thought I would start with that. Thank you, Mom's Angle. Okay. Now this next one, take a look at it. What is that one? Anybody know that one? All right, that's right, it is a pumpkin, it's a jack-o'-lantern, it's perfect timing, a little too late to plant them, but you can go buy one, and when you're carving out that pumpkin, you've seen those seeds, you can eat those, they're very healthy for you. Okay, let's look at this next one, anybody recognize this one, it's getting a little harder, that's right, it's a watermelon, that's right, that watermelon, I, I successfully harvested about 10 watermelons this year, it was awesome. Now this next one, do you recognize it? Anybody? No, it's not a rock. No, it, it is a loofah. If you've ever had, you know, you bought them at a store, you know, a scrub brush. Did you know that grows from seed? In fact, I've grown these. They're phenomenal and very productive. And that's a loofah. See, you're learning something at church today. Isn't that awesome? Okay, now let's look at this next one. Now, this one right here is crazy because it is an invasive, noxious weed. Yet we buy it and feed it to birds and scatter it everywhere. That's right. This is thistles. This is thistle seed. And uh, it's got some very sharp thorns on it and is an invasive weed. And this next one, does anybody recognize this one? 
Yep, our kids, as kids, we probably blew on that one. That's a dandelion. Okay, so watch this. What are you sowing? Because whatever you're sowing and whatever amount of it you're sowing, that's what you will be reaping. This principle relates to our money, but it also relates to every area of our life. Listen, do you have chaos in your life? Hey, are you sowing the seeds of that? Are the decisions you're making leading to the things that are causing the very anxiety in your life? You see, the thing that I noticed when we relate to moving from, from greed to generosity is it's really moving from living a life like this or a life like this. When we, when we live like this, we will reap a harvest of this. When we live like this, we'll reap a harvest of that. Which would you like to reap? And in what proportion to what you're sowing can you expect to reap? 2 Corinthians 9, 7 is the next verse. And it says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here's something that I've noticed is that God, he loves it when we're cheerful. And this is the principle. And that is that cheerfulness, watch this, it accompanies generosity. Cheerfulness runs, it runs along with generosity. If you can't get fired up about being a giver, if you can't be fired up about giving to build God's kingdom through ACF church or giving to someone in need, a coworker, a family member, a friend, then, then you're not giving under the right heart. You're giving it reluctantly or under compulsion. Hey, when you are truly giving it from a generous heart, an open-handed life, cheerfulness accompanies it because you recognize that the responsibility for stewardship leaves you when you give it. It moves on to the person you gave it to. And whatever they do with it, that is between them and the Lord, you did as the Lord prompted you to do. And one thing that I know is that whenever you're giving with a pure heart, this cheerfulness comes with it, this happiness of heart comes with it. And we've seen this happen many times. In fact, I ran across a video of a young man named Brahim Fowler. And we'll set this up, and then I want us to watch it here. But Brahim, he, uh, he thought his father had forgot his birthday. And they're on the way to play a baseball game that day. And the one thing he really wanted was this special baseball bat. And if any of you have got kids playing baseball, you know baseball bats are pretty special to those boys playing ball. And so let's take a look at this and see if we can see some cheerfulness accompanying generosity. You all right? You still mad at me? Huh? You all right? Today. Yeah. I got to get something out the trunk. Go, get, go get, that, get that bag for me out the trunk. Happy birthday. Don't cry. You about to make me cry. Don't cry. Pull it out. Let the world see it. I wanna see some home I wanna see some home runs. I love you. Don't cry. Let me see. Let me see you post up with it. How you gonna knock it out the bar? There you go. Right. We gonna go to this game and hit some home runs, right? That's right. Isn't that awesome? That fires me up every time I see it. 
So here's the key. You may not always see it like you just saw it in that video, the end result of your generosity, but you can always experience it, the cheerfulness in your giving. And when you experience it, there really is nothing greater. And you recognize that we are created in the image of God. And he's the greatest giver ever. In fact, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. And he gave his one and only life that he could give us that forgiveness of sin and that free gift of salvation, something we could not earn and do not merit. That's why when we give with a pure heart and we move from that selfish living to selfless living, that we get to experience it. And you may not always see the end result that happens from your generosity, but you are indeed storing up treasure in the heaven by doing so. And the gladness of heart you'll experience is always worth it. Verses 8 and 9 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, look at the times it says all, at all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. And I think today for someone, the word that is, I want you to hear is those four words that we started with here. It says, and God is able. And God is able. And God is able to do what, Joe? He is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able to do what, Joe? To heal you. And God is able to do what, Joe? To be able to give you clarity when you're seeking vision for your life. And God is able to do what, Joe? To restore broken relationships. And God is able to do what, Joe? To free those that are in the bondage of addiction. God is able. And he blesses us abundantly, not so that we can just have all that we need and swim in money like Scrooge McDuck. He does it so that we can abound in every good work, that we could move from living a life as a taker so that we could be a giver. Verses 10 through 14 says this. It says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. So why? So you can swim in money like Scrooge McDuck? No. So that you can have every single toy known to mankind? Hey, those are all awesome, but really the reason he enriches us is so that we can be, say that word, generous on every occasion. And through us, what happens? Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you've proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And here's the principle. Generosity meets people's needs and points them to God. Generosity meets people's needs and points them to God. I don't know if we fully understand all the time that when we live an open-handed life, it's extraordinarily different. It is contagious even. I don't know if you've ever been in a drive-thru line at a restaurant and 
the person there to take your payment says, you know, the person ahead of you paid for your meal. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, I've had that happen. Isn't that awesome? And so what do you do? You immediately say, I'm going to, I'll pay for the one behind me. And then you immediately commence to praying, Lord, don't let it be a 15 passenger van, right? You know that. And it's a huge bill. But you know what? People who've ran those drive-through lines say that when that starts, it can run 15, 20, 25 vehicles in a row. Why? Because generosity, it stands out. It's unique. It's different. In a world of greed and takers and selfish people, Christ followers, may we be known as givers. May we be known as selfless. May we be known as people who are dependent upon the Lord and will point others to him through our open-handed living. And so ACF Church, I want to issue a challenge to all of us. And here's the challenge. You know, at the end of each message, we like to offer some action steps for you to take. And one of them is you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We know that's the greatest decision you could ever make in your lifetime is to surrender your life to him. And you can simply call on him, as it says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That can be a decision. If you make that decision today, check that box and go see someone in the next steps area and they can help you take your next step of faith. The next action step is I want to challenge us all to go on a 90-day giving challenge together. Now, I'm going to pull up the slide on the screens today, and it's a big QR code. And I want you to pull up your phone right now. Do it. Pull up your phone. Select the camera and put it on the screens, and it's going to pull up a link. Let's do that right now. And if you scroll down just a little bit, it'll have a spot to put in your, your first name, your last name, and an email address. Now, listen, you're not signing up for a big marketing thing. Let's leave the slide up there. Um, what, what this is, let, let me give you a second to do that. Okay, we'll leave it up there for a second. But what this is, is a 90-day giving challenge. For the next 90 days, which is 13 weeks, 13 times 7 is 91 days, so maybe we can call it 91-day challenge. But I'm going to send you a four- to six-minute reflection moment, kind of a devotional moment, on this topic of generosity and managing money in a way that honors God, blesses others, and positions you for blessing. Every single week on Monday, I'm going to send it to you. And, and listen, I've directly created this for you, ACF Church. And, and you're going to get 14 notes, 14 little emails with these videos. And at the end of it, unless you signed up for our free tools or something, you're going to remove, remove from the list. You're not going to get any marketing or anything. My goal is that we could unite together, ACF Church, in Alaska as in heaven. That we would all be inspired to take this 90-day giving challenge to, the, to, to heart. That we could get the word of God buried within, deep within us. So when the moment comes that we can choose to be a taker or a giver, that that word will come to life and we will be a giver. That when that moment comes to live selfishly or selflessly, we will choose the open-handed life. And that when we have the opportunity to be greedy, well, we, we, and we all have that as humans, that we can punch it in the face with the scripture, with this, this rooting of God's word, and choose generosity. 
that we could take those steps necessary to move from owing to owning. You see, generosity meets people's needs and points them to God. That's what this 90-day giving challenge is about. I want to put it up there one more time for you to be able to sign up for it. And then one more next step, one more action step, attend the financial learning experience. It's going to be a Sunday evening at 4.30 p.m. And listen, free food. There's going to be free food at 4.30. And then we're going to teach the event starting around 5 o'clock. It'll be done by 7 p.m. There's over 100 free financial tools. We'll talk about the right now current financial events, teach you how to have a budget that works, how to save money, how to invest so that you can live a fully funded life, and yes, how we can put God first and foremost in our finances so that we can honor Him, we can bless others, and position ourselves for blessings. Will you join me in praying as we hand the service back to the team? Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to deliver the word ACF today. Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts and our lives. God, may we be known at the end of our lives as ones who lived an open-handed life. Lord, may we be known as givers, not as takers, as selfless people, not selfish. Lord, as generous people, not greedy. And God, for those of us that are owing, help us to move to the position of ownership, not for our glory, but for your glory. And Lord, I do pray for those who've never surrendered their life and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray you would compel them to do that in this moment. That salvation would be in this house today. Jesus, we do love you. We thank you for being the outrageous, generous giver of your life and giving us that free gift of salvation. We'll never get over it. And we praise you for it. And it's in your name that we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.